You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Calvary. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Amber. Um, Me and my family have been attending here at Calvary since uh, 2015, I want to say. I come here with my husband, Nikolai, uh, my son, Nico. He actually has a birthday this week. He's turning eight. So if you see my my son, tell him happy birthday. Um, Yeah, Nico. And uh, I have a daughter named Evelyn, but we call her Evie, and she's three and a half. And, uh, you know, Calvary's just been a home for us for a while. And um, something I really feel passionate about, uh, me and uh, Kira Malmquist uh, have the honor of hosting Starting Point. And uh, some of you I've met there, um, it's just a, a wonderful time. I have to add my plug in because I'm so passionate about it. Um, it's an awesome time for us to just, you know, introduce ourselves as a church, get to know you. We want Calvary to be home for you. Um, I love hearing your stories. I love hearing the things that God's doing in you, your talents, your giftings, your passions. And uh, I like to speak life into that. So uh, that's usually what I do. I come up here and talk sometimes, but when Pastor Nick asked me um, about speaking this morning, I was a little terrified, (laughs) I'll be honest. It's been a long time since I've been up here. But uh, when he told me about the topic, about like the power of words, you know, life and death being in words, um, something I'm pretty passionate about, something that I feel like God has really been ministering to me personally for a really long time. And uh, I'm not scared anymore. I'm a little excited because if you didn't notice yet, the Holy Spirit's here. And God has a word to speak to everybody today. So I just want to increase your level of faith. If you're here today, it's not by coincidence. There's no coincidence with, with God. And he has a word for you today. So we're going to open up in prayer, because there's power in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you know each and every one of us, every single thing about us, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you're you're carrying us, Lord. I thank you, God, that in every situation, Lord, some of us are walking through some tough things, Lord, you're right there with us, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking life today, God, that you have a word for us. Lord, I pray that you would just open our hearts, God, that, that um, as words are spoken from this platform, God, that, that they would be your words, Lord, that they'd hit the targets of everyone's hearts, and that as you speak, they'll know, Lord, that it's not me speaking, God, but it's you speaking to them, God. I thank you, Lord. Lord, you know I love you. I'm your humble servant, God. I pray that you would speak for me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I'm just gonna make myself a little real and vulnerable with you guys. Um, Honestly, the last few years, um, I honestly feel like I've gone through literally the most difficult and dark time I've ever been through. Um, I was struggling in my marriage. I was, I took some time off of work so I could be at home with my kids. And uh, so I wasn't really getting much of um, a purpose from like a job. And I was home with my kids all the time. And, and I wasn't really doing any ministry at the time. And it just felt like, like I said, I had, like I had no purpose. Um, on top of that, this was all during COVID. So add that level of isolation to like the darkness I was walking through. Um, I don't know that I've ever experienced it before in my life, but I literally felt depressed. 
um, I had like all of these thoughts going through my head uh, that, that, that I, I, I've messed up too badly, that I'm not enough. Um, I, could, I could remember one particular day I was getting a snack for my kids, those goldfish crackers, they absolutely love them. And I'm carrying it, you know, to the living room and I accidentally dropped them and the crackers just went everywhere and I literally kicked a hole through the wall. And as I looked at that wall, it was just broken. Like, I literally felt like that was like a very good depiction of how I felt on the inside, just completely broken. And I looked at that wall and I'm like, there's no way I can fix that. I actually had to call my dad to fix that. And there's actually a little bit of symbolism there. <laughs> you had to call my dad to fix my problem. Um, but yeah, like those words were playing through my head, those negative thoughts telling me I was a failure. I was too messed up. I was finished. Failure. Messed up. Finished. This was it. I was crushed. These negative thoughts just kept playing in an endless loop in my head. And I know I'm not the only one who's ever felt this way before. How many of you have ever been through a rough season and it just felt like it was never going to end? Like it was gonna define the rest of your life. And for a lot of us, those negative words don't just come from our heads, but also from others. It especially stings when it comes from someone you respect or love or someone who's supposed to care. Maybe it's spoken by a parent, your boss, or even your best friend. You'll never measure up. You don't have what it takes. You're too much. You're not enough. You've fallen too far. You've messed up too badly. Some people might say these are just words, but there's power in words. God literally spoke the universe into being, and we're made in the image of God, therefore our words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says the power of life and death is in the tongue. We have been given the power to literally speak life or death. So, but what does that really mean? Do you ever recall any of those defining moments in your life where someone spoke something to you and you were either like completely overjoyed or totally crushed. It could be um, something as simple as someone saying, hey, I've noticed that you're very good at fill in the blank. Or it could be something as heavy as, I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you have cancer. There's power in words. Someone in the Bible who really understood this was David. The particular account I'm going to talk with you guys about today is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 12 through 50, but I'm going to kind of paint a picture for you because um, if I read all the scriptures, I'm afraid you guys are going to fall asleep before we get to the, the good part, so uh, bear with me. So uh, David was an Israelite. He was a son of Jesse, and he had seven brothers, and he was the youngest of eight. David was a shepherd, so he tended to his sheep. At the time, the king of Israel was Saul and the Philistines were at war with the Israelites. The Philistines had selected Goliath, a giant, as their champion to face a champion of Israel. So according to some biblical manuscripts, Goliath was between six foot nine or nine foot nine. Either way, he was huge. David's eldest three brothers were soldiers in the Israelite army, 
So one day, David's father asked him to bring provisions to his brothers and to get a report of their well-being. David arrived at the battlefield to speak with his brothers, and as he was talking with them, Goliath stepped out in all of his intimidation. He began shouting at the Israelites. He was cursing them. He was putting them down. I can only imagine the fear, the intimidation, as he cut the Israelites down with his words. Now, King Saul was offering to give his daughter in marriage and exempt from taxes any individual who would be successful in killing Goliath. David overheard the talk about this, but he, he was trying to talk to some other soldiers to con- kind of confirm, you know, what was going on. Um, and as you can see, like, David's reaction was completely different from everyone else. He wasn't terrified. He was outraged. His brothers overheard what he was saying. So one of his brothers spoke up. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? So as I said earlier, David was the youngest of his brothers. When he came to drop off the provisions, they treated him like he had no business um, even being there and talking to the other soldiers. David knew how it felt to be crushed by others' words. David knew how it felt, and and his brothers challenged his motives. They accused him of being conceited and having a wicked heart. Now, David could have just dropped everything. He could have gone home right then and there, but instead, he took his questions to the king himself. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 33 reads, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from youth. So here we have David getting words of death from Goliath. He's getting words of death from his brothers, and now he's getting words of death from the king himself. King Saul told David he was too young, that he didn't have what it took to be a warrior for God. Here's another opportunity where David could have just listened to the words of all of these people. The king of Israel himself said that David didn't have what it took to defeat the giant. But David wasn't budging. He told Saul about the many accounts where he had been out in the fields watching the sheep and protected them from lions and bears. 1 Samuel 17, 36 and 37 reads, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I find it interesting that David was likening facing bears and lions to facing a giant like Goliath, as if somehow they're like in the same league. But David wasn't focused on the size of the foe. He was focused on the size of his God. At this point, King Saul was probably pretty desperate. No one else was stepping up to the plate. He figured the least he could do was give this scrawny shepherd boy his own armor in hopes that that would give him a fighting chance against Goliath. 
So David puts on the, the, the armor and he, he tries to walk around, but he could barely move. It just wasn't comfortable. It wasn't what he was used to. So he just took it off and set it aside. First Samuel 17, 50, or 40 through 50. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand approached the Philistine. David knew that God had delivered him from dangers in the past and that he would do it again. He knew his identity in God. He knew he couldn't beat Goliath if he tried to do it someone else's way or in someone else's strength. So he operated from his own strength in who God created him to be. A shepherd, but also a warrior for God. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. The physical fight hadn't even started yet, but David constantly was being torn by others' words. Goliath mocked David. He cursed him by his pagan gods. But David knew Goliath's curses were completely powerless. He knew Goliath's gods were no match for the one true God. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those that gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you all into our hands." As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone slank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. You see, from, the, from a human eye, David didn't seem like anything special. He was the youngest of his brothers. He was a shepherd. He didn't look like a warrior by any stretch of the imagination. What made David different was that he knew God. And he decided to listen to God's words instead of the words of men. You see, David found his strength out in the pastures, tending to the sheep. For hours, David would worship and commune with God in the fields. David knew God. Many of you are familiar with the book of Psalms. It's filled, upon, uh, filled with chapter upon chapter of David's worship and prayers to God. One of the most popular Psalms is Psalm 23. And I just love this imagery because now we're, ma we're making that connection of uh, the heart of David and, and his place as a shepherd. And many of you know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knew God. David constantly surrounded himself in God's presence and knew his identity and strength in who God said he was. He was confident in his God. David was actually known as being a man after God's own heart. He would even later go on to be the next king of Israel. And honestly, we could end the story there. We can all go home feeling good knowing that we should listen, or face our giants, we should listen to God's words and not the words of men. But the story doesn't end there. David also would later go on to commit adultery or arguably rape and also plotted someone's murder just to cover it all up. Now that's some pretty heavy words. Adulterer, rapist, murderer. So what do we do when others' words about us are actually true? When we actually deserve the labels that other people put on us? What words of hope can possibly redeem someone that has fallen that far? Well, I have some good news for you this morning. There is hope in the crushing, and that hope is Jesus Christ. The Bible literally refers to Jesus as the Word. John 1.14 reads, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. God knew we were all going to fall short in some way or another. Maybe we can't all relate to the specific labels that David was feeling the weight of, but I'm pretty sure we're aware of where we fall short. It's only by Jesus living a perfect life and taking on the punishment for our sins and our mistakes on the cross that we can truly find forgiveness and freedom from the words that we carry that are true. We don't need to be defined by our past mistakes. Jesus' work on the cross paid for it all. We can lay each and every one of them down at Calvary. And the truly incredible thing is, even after all of David's mistakes, he was still known as a man after God's own heart. And he was even the chosen line through which Jesus Christ was born to redeem us all. I believe that speaks volumes about the grace and love of God and his reconciling and redeeming power. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creature has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We have been made right and brought back into relationship with God because of the work of Jesus Christ. And we are all tasked with sharing this hope to everyone around us. We are not defined by our past, our mistakes, or others' words against us. The old is gone. The new is here. 
Some of you are walking around today in your old identity. The words seem relentless, failure, worthless, stupid. No one really likes you. You're too sensitive. You aren't good enough. What if they found out who you really are? It's important for us to realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Words can be used to build us up or tear us down. And the voices that speak those words of condemnation, those aren't from God. They aren't even from you. The enemy has known all along that if he can confuse you about your identity, he can take your power from you. How many of you realize that Satan has an agenda right now against our identity? He's trying to pervert what God has created. Just think about the current struggles in our world right now with uh, gender and sexuality, and that's just a small part of our identity. Satan wants you to listen to his lies. But it's important for you to realize today that God has the last word. Mm. God's word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are sons and daughters of the king. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We are a chosen people, God's special possession. When God looks at all of us, he doesn't see the labels we often place on ourselves. He sees his masterpiece. We need to know our identity in Jesus. We need to take the time to read the scriptures and understand who we are because of who God is. We need to follow David's example and be people after God's heart. Surround yourself in his presence. Let God tell you who you are. And speak life to all those around you. There's power in words. We need to stop looking around at one another and only see our flaws. We need to speak life to the gold that God has placed in each and every one of us. This is why it's so important to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you and challenge you to be the person that God has called you to be. Don't underestimate the power of a timely and encouraging word. I can recall several times in my life where words meant so much. There were times I didn't have it in myself to see the goodness of God in me. To be honest with you, if the enemy had his way, I wouldn't be standing here right now. But God has the last word. Another Psalm uh, of David is Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Some of you this morning are walking through a wilderness but I'm here to tell you that there is a voice calling out in the wilderness and that voice has the last word. This morning we find ourselves on a battlefield just like David, but our, our battlefield isn't physical, it's spiritual. The enemy is standing before us, he's, he's spewing out his lies. He's trying to, to take out our families, he's trying to destroy our marriages, he's trying to take our kids, he's trying to take our identities. We're exposing the enemy today. 
We're calling it out. Some of us are walking through dark times. At this time, I want everybody to stand and I'd like our prayer leaders to come forward. There's power in words. This morning, we are gonna pray. We are going to chase God's presence. We are gonna seek his heart. We're gonna let God speak life over us. If you wanna fight for your marriage, if you wanna fight for your families, if you wanna fight for your identities, come to the altar. If you wanna stand in God's presence and just let his Holy Spirit minister to you, come to the altar. There's an anointing here today. How many of you are desperate for a miracle? I know I was. God did a miracle in my life. He can do it in yours. There's an anointing here today. Don't let anything hold you back from coming forward. Are you desperate for your miracle this morning? Come to the altar. Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you would draw us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. The enemy wants to keep us in our dysfunction. The enemy wants to keep us in our brokenness. The enemy wants to kill us. But God, you bring dead things back to life in the name of Jesus. He wants your heart today. He wants your heart this morning. He wants to work a miracle in your lives. The anointing is here. Don't pass it up. Don't pass up what God has for you today. Many, and many of you, maybe you don't know that hope in Jesus. Come see a prayer warrior this morning. These are prayer warriors. We're here, we're, we're here for battle. We're doing battle for our families. We're doing battle for our marriages. We're doing battle for our community. We're doing battle for this world. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm done standing on the sidelines. I wanna be on the front line. Come to the altar. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.